0: Do you ever think about the call takers and dispatchers at 911? They're the unsung heroes of our public safety system, the first among first responders. Their jobs are stressful and demanding, yet, they keep us safe and calm in life or death situations every day. Let's join together and thank the professionals at 911 for being there when we need them most, for saving lives and protecting communities. Show your support for 911. Visit you 911org That's you 911org We have ignition sequence start. Short distance, high
1: impact. Five, four, three, two. All engines running. Ten questions with Adam Zwar. Big names. Great minds. Make yourself a cup of tea.
0: Lift up, We have lift up.
1: Welcome back to 10 Questions. Today I've set myself a mission to interview a key creative from the six comedy pilots that are about to screen on the ABC. Now I've stated my goal, I may fall on my face, life may get in the way, but that's the ambition. And the first of the comedy pilots is Ronnie Cheng, International Student. It screens on Wednesday, April 27, at 9pm, and stars the great Ronnie Ching. I became a Ronnie fan this time three years ago at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. It was the final night at the town hall, and I was recommended to go and see him by my wife Amanda, and was blown away by what I saw as an unusual phenomenon in Australian comedy, and that was the high-status, high-achieving, highly-educated comedian who still manages to have a shitty day. I'm about to generalise, but for years in Australian comedy, we've watched and loved the knockabout low-status white guy who battles against life through a haze of drugs and booze. It served us well, but Ronnie was giving us something different. After all, as he says, he went to one of the top five universities on the planet. He knows more about tech than most of us, and he doesn't suffer fools. This is a revealing interview because it gives us a revealing insight into Ronnie's brain. In it, we learn where Ronnie gets his anger from, his dad, and the people he'd like on his side in a battle, his fiancée and the guys from Century Entertainment. And we learn about his trajectory from doing five-minute spots in 2009 to being made a correspondent on The Daily Show. As usual, I start by asking Ronnie when he was most happy.
0: Oh, um... Lots of, lots of times recently, um, I got, I I got engaged. I was, I was really happy. Um, I got, um, that there was a moment recently, I don't know, it's hard for me to talk about most happy, but there was a moment recently when I really definitely felt something quite, um, almost like a revelation. um, revelation if you will uh i was on stage at the comedy cellar for the first time and i was auditioning for the spot actually wait was i auditioning or was i passed um i was i was at the cellar it was either my first or second time performing at the comedy cellar and the comedy cellar for comics is uh, a, a, a comedy room that we build up in our heads a lot we put it on our pedestal it's like the best comedy room in the in New York and mm. therefore probably the world uh, and I, I think it's actually fair to say that mm-hmm. um, it, it's just really cool like I, I can't explain it it's got a lot of history and it's still it not only does it have a lot of history it's got a lot of present and future so it's, yeah. it's still in the Z guys it's, it's a very uh, kind of really cool place to do stand up comedy um, obviously you get a lot of celebrities dropping in to perform sets but that's like a byproduct of what it is. Not that's not what makes it cool.
1: Mm, mm.
0: Celebrities come in because it's cool. Yep. Um, anyway, so I had this moment when I was on stage doing stand up and it was going well. And I remember thinking, wow, this is this is really um all Yeah, this is really all I wanted to do. Yeah. And, yeah. And and it wasn't even about I wasn't <laughs> worried about what whether I get on stage again or I wasn't worried about what I'd be doing after the gig and I wasn't really worrying about um almost almost wasn't even worrying about how the gig was going it was just very much in the present and um I, I I'm I'm not a I don't I don't consider myself a very spiritual person so I don't usually talk like this but there was definitely a very strong sense of living in the moment and feeling very happy about it Mm. Uh, because I think um, I think I mean the entertainment industry just like any other industry even though it's very it's a very creative driven industry you still worry about tomorrow and you still have anxiety about past mistakes or stuff you could have done better in your past projects Mm. and you know so there's a lot of anxiety towards the past and the future yeah so so it, there was there was a moment on stage when I remember I was doing some jokes and it was going well and I was just thinking wow this is the best like yeah. I don't even I don't even care what happens tomorrow and like genuinely not worrying about tomorrow and not worrying about um, mistakes uh, or, or like missteps in the past but really being in the present so that's uh, yeah. yeah yeah that was a really cool moment and that's that's not something. Uh, yeah, that's not something that happens a lot to me. So it's not like I'm very well versed in living in the present. So,
1: no, I'm, I'm the same. That that those little moments are are pretty rare. Yeah, and especially as a performer, you, I could probably count them on one hand. You know, just just those those little moments could could be a play, it could be it yeah. could be stand up. But it, it's just like this is it. This is I, yeah. I don't care what happens before or
0: after. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think uh, I think if I could live in that moment longer, probably make me a better performer. Yeah. But unfortunately, I'm always worrying about the next joke or rushing to the next gig or you know is this gonna work? But for some reason, it, yeah, for that moment, it didn't.
1: That's brilliant.
0: I think it was five minutes on stage. Yeah.
1: Wow! Wow. Um, the, the next question is: Who would you like to apologize to, and why?
0: Um, I. Ca- I can't remember specifics, but I know that the people who I do want to apologize to, I would want to apologize to everybody whom I've ever unfairly given negative energy to, um, especially if it was the first time we met. (laughs) Um, uh, I try to give positive energy every time I meet someone for the first time. Uh, But I think there's a couple times when I think whether it's because of my mood or something happened and I I just was either, I don't know, I just gave off maybe poor vibes. Um, (laughs) And uh, I always do that and go home and think, oh, I probably could have been a better person in that situation. Um, But for everyone who deserved the negative energy, I I absolutely do not apologize whatsoever. (laughs) because those people deserved it. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I apologize to those people who um, I unfairly gave negative energy to because I think that stuff, it snowballs, and it, you know, it... Most of the time, I think we're all just trying to do the best job we can.
1: Um, What is your greatest regret?
0: What is my greatest regret? Um you sent me these questions before and I, I, promise you I did try to think of answers to them, but, um, so I'm not looking at this for the first time, but I was trying to think of this one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I've done a good job of blocking it out.
1: Yeah. yeah. Because
0: I honestly, I couldn't point to, I couldn't point to anything. I couldn't point to anything that is really substantial. Like I got stuff that bothers me. Like I wish I did the New York bar exam uh, a couple of years ago when I was trying to move to New York and I failed it. Yeah. And I I, I felt my, my window for that close. Like I can't, I don't have enough time to ever retake it unless I, you know, quit, quit comedy completely. <laughs> um, so I kind of, I'm like, oh man, I wish I passed that exam. But even then I'm not that bothered by it. Like I don't,
1: you took your New York bar. This the New York bar exam.
0: Yeah. Wow. And <laughs> it that, doesn't haunt me, but it it bothers me that I didn't pass that one. Oh. I got I got a good one. I this one. But here is the thing: a lot of my regrets. It's like I think about it and I feel like there is nothing I could have done at the time. Right. Cause, okay. Because either good. either the situation was on my hands due to circumstances, or I didn't know enough mm. at time to 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 have a different outcome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I can't really. Re- like, regret it because, there, like, I didn't have enough information to to change the situation. Like, one of my regrets was um, in 2014, I did – sorry, 2013, I did a follow-up. I did a one-hour comedy show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. And this was after 2012. I, I, I won the Best Newcomer Award yep. at show. So, this is, like, the second album. Yep. And I didn't – I didn't know how to make a new hour of comedy and I went, I went into it and I tried, like I didn't go into it arrogantly at all. Like I knew I was, I I knew I had a difficult task to try to make another hour of comedy and I tried my best uh, and I worked at it, but I didn't know how to do it the way I do now in terms, not even in terms of creative, I just mean the mechanics of it, how to actually, okay, go do 10 one hour shows, in a row and just bomb every single time you do that hour in front of like 20 people. Yeah. And then by, by the end of that, you'll have something. I didn't even know that. So I was doing these trial shows and here and there, and then we opened in Melbourne and it, it it wasn't, it wasn't in a great room. The room also had some problems with it, but I don't want to blame the room, but the room wasn't the best for comedy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, I didn't have a very good two weeks, and I got really bad reviews, and I felt really disappointed, like, what was I doing, you know, like, I felt like I let a lot of people down who came to see um, after I had a really good year in 2012, um, and I, yeah, that, that's probably one of the things I wish I had known how to build that hour at that time.
1: But by the time you got to the town hall, because that's when I saw you, you were, you'd really hit your straps.
0: Right, was that 2013?
1: I reckon it was 2013. So it was, um, it was after you'd kind of been elevated from the room to the town hall, right? And um, and that was the first time you did the stuff about your mum and the and yeah the the, YouTube uh, stuff the history.
0: Sorry, and I wrote that on stage. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, right. Okay. So 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 by the time you did that two weeks, did you iron out any problems you'd had? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool.
0: Yeah, by the end of that two weeks, I, I, would, I remember being actually really happy with the show, which I never thought would have been possible at the start of the run. I thought this is like, oh my God, it's over. Yeah. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, that show turned out to be good. I came up with some signature bits yeah. that I saw in Montreal that I think even got me the Daily Show.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Okay. So now that I think about it, yeah, that was crazy. That, that's how that happened. That, that's where it started. Because um, I did that bit on stage for the first time during one of the shows. I guess, I mean, even that regret, like it, first of all, like I said, I didn't have enough experience to change the outcome anyway. And second of all, it's always worse in your own head. Mm. Like, I think I I got shitty reviews and it definitely wasn't a great show, but a lot of people who saw the show in the shitty venue were like, it was fine, man. Don't worry about it. It was fine. (laughs) So, you know, it's always worse in your own head. Oh, totally. I don't even know. I wish I could answer that regret. I wish I got to know my granddad a little bit better um what before he, he passed do? away. My mom's my mom's dad, I didn't get to know him and what very was well. He,
1: what did he do with his life? He
0: yeah, he he had a very interesting um uh like he he told me once he did every single job you could name. <laughs> He's done it. He told me and he could like speak a lot of different languages and he was in Malaysia the whole time. Um yeah, he had a very interesting life doing stuff but um, I think he had a falling out with the family or something, and I never really understood it um but every I would go visit him and stuff, but it, yeah, we never really connected on a personal level, and I wish I got to know him a little bit better.
1: So how but, old were you when he died
0: uh I was twenty uh this was I remember when he passed away because I was doing a gig. And it was in, I was in Perth. Yes, I was in Perth at the time with Matt And it would have been, I'm guessing 2013
1: or 2014. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's hard. It's hard when you, you know, well, obviously there's a family situation. He's been exiled from the family. It makes it even more difficult. But it's hard, you know, when you're young to kind of, you know, had the time to connect with your grandparents.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you I'm, I'm, I'm usually like, uh, I'm a lot more, I like talking to old people and hearing their stories. And mm. uh, I, I guess I'm surprised I'm not like that with my, I wasn't like like that with my own grandparents. Okay. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, I mean, there's language barriers and stuff though. I mean, those, my grandparents are, you know, they, they. English isn't, they can't, no, they can't really speak English, and, um, right, um, some of them, I one well, my mom, my dad's mom, we don't even speak the same language, like, he do, she doesn't even speak Mandarin Chinese, she speaks like a dialect only, uh, yeah. which I can't speak, so, there's always this language barrier, but, yeah.
1: That's difficult, that's really difficult. Um, Ronnie, what will you still need to do, to feel you've lived a satisfactory life?
0: Uh, I think I'm okay, I, I've, I've, Come to uh, the context of my answer. I've come to peace with everything I've been doing so far. So if if everything ends tomorrow, I'm pretty happy with. I I I don't have any. I don't have many regrets. Um, uh, The context of that is I always battle with that stuff, like Mm. uh, going in and out of. pursuing your dreams mode and doing something a little creative and coming from a corporate background, it's always like, Oh, is it time to go back to corporate world? Now is it time to go back? <laughs> yeah. And I, I lived like that for years. And then, uh, in the last couple of years, it's been like, ah, even, even if I have to go back tomorrow, it's fine. I, I, I did a lot of cool stuff I wouldn't have been able to do anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll be okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think that one common denominator in the creative industry like television or movies or stand up or performing arts, though I think the common denominator that I have seen is sacrifice, and you almost have to live like a mercenary lifestyle of like, I don't I don't give a fuck what's happening tomorrow. I I, I can't worry about what's what. How am I going to retire right now? This is all about trying to do the a cool thing right now. Yeah. So so I think to do in the creative industry, you have to be like living in the moment. Even if you're like a in America, especially they have. Like television shows in America, they have a very structured like um, internship program. Yep. So people start as interns for no pay, and then they slog it out for years, and then they you know get promoted to you know assistant producer and then producer and then you know EP or whatever. So these guys, they you know, as far as I know, they're not thinking about they're not thinking about. how, what's my five-year plan or whatever? They're just thinking like, "Hey, I, this is I want to be in this industry. Yep. I'm just gonna live in the moment and slog it out." And um, the, I guess, the, I guess, yeah. Sorry, you go. Oh, the
1: sacrifice is huge um, to, to be in the entertainment industry. People often say to me, "Oh, I'd like to be a writer." You know, yeah. a lot of actors say, "I'd like to be a writer," and you think, "Well, you know, when you went to that festival for three days, well, I was writing." You know when right. you would, you would, you know <laughs> you decide to go to, to yeah. you know hang out with your mates and go to Bali for yeah. two weeks. Well, I, I was at home writing. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's constant. Just is a constant battle just to be part of it.
0: Yeah, and it's not. Yeah, you're right. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> it's a constant battle to be part of it, and it's not. That's not to be discouraging to people or to no or or, or to like like put uh put yourself over other people. No. To, to be like, ah, uh, you guys don't know what it's like, you <laughs> yeah. know, you guys, you guys aren't, you guys don't sacrifice for your art. Because on the surface, that's what it sounds like. But yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people maybe do mean that, you know, there's like definitely some people have that kind of negative feelings. And maybe, maybe 20% of it is that, mm-hmm. but 80% of it is I'm trying to give you some actual advice here, which is you don't understand. Yeah. Like you have to sacrifice like everything you're going to sacrifice relationships you're going to yeah. sacrifice um you know uh family having a family having a plan having yeah. a investment property having uh uh having out going out with your friends at night yeah all this stuff like you know this is genuine stuff people give up jobs just mm. to intern for no money at at um at television shows uh, you know um like stand-ups uh you know, these guys, like, I, 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 obviously, I got a lot of corporate friends, so, you know, co- I, I think a lot of my corporate friends, they're very creative people, and they like to dabble in it, and they like to express, it's, they're bursting at the seams to express themselves, which is great. Yeah. Um, And it's like, I don't think you, like, to in order, if you, if you really want to jump into it, that, you know, you really have to give up a lot uh, to, to to fully immerse yourself into it. It sounds so... It's true. Sounds so wanky, but it's true.
1: I mean, I mean, I've I've interviewed so many people who for this podcast to say that they're not the funniest person in their family, all right? And yeah. and and that that's fine. You you may not be the funniest person in your family, but you're the person who decided you really wanted to go in the show business and and yeah. were willing yeah. to give up a whole lot of shit to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the one who gave it up, to give up and do it, yeah. Yeah. I always like to say that with um, it's it's not a perfect analogy here but it's the guys who go i could have oh i could have been awesome if i went to practice yeah <laughs> yeah. Like i could have been a great basketball player if i if i had listened to my coach and if i had shown up for practice i could have done that i could hit a ball with a cricket bat if i had bothered to do that you know yeah, yeah. it's like well you know well maybe maybe but you didn't so <laughs> You know what? You you don't have the right to just dismiss other people's yeah. (laughs) That's right, man. Yeah, maybe you could have, but you know what? You didn't do it. So, I mean, showing up and sacrifice is part of being great, right? You can't claim greatness without without doing that stuff. That's
1: right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and uh, and also along the way, I mean, you mentioned it before, but putting up with the bad the public shaming that's associated with show business as well. Yeah. <laughs> Which is bad. The bad reviews, is like, you know, if you do read a bad review about yourself, you kind of go, wow, everyone has seen this. I'm, people are just going to be like feeling so sorry for me today or yeah. not want to be around me. I'm a pariah. But really, yeah. no one's read it. No one gives a shit. No one, gives no one shit.
0: really gives a shit other than <laughs> in that moment. I've started to learn that now, and yeah. I'm a lot better at dealing with that stuff now. <laughs> I still hate reviews though I hate reviewers <laughs> i I hate reviewers like i I know some of them very well, and there's there's very few i'm I'm just talking comedy reviewers yep there's very few comedy reviewers there's two that I can think of only out of all the ones that exist that actually like in my opinion earn the right to be comedy reviewers because they either watch a lot a lot of comedy and uh And they're very, they can express themselves very well. They're very articulate in their words. So they're good writers and they watch a lot of comedy. They know what they're talking about. Other than that, it's just a bunch of people who, like, like, you know, I got the bit about this, like how everyone's trying to make something in the creative industry and all you're doing is sitting on your ass just, you know, just critiquing other people's stuff. It's like, well, why don't you go do it then? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. If you. Like I (laughs) Yeah I'm always like Hey why don't you Where are all the comedy reviewers When I'm building my hour I could really use your input right now (laughs) Why don't you come down And help me write this hour of comedy Because Every time you give me your opinion It's always a little bit too late So why don't you just help me reform And let's have a Let's make some you know Good art Instead of Just sitting on your ass And just you know Like (laughs) Critiquing other people's shit. I, I don't know. I that's I'm, funny. I'm lucky that I'm in a position right now where I don't have to put as much credence on that in Australia anymore. Like I don't. In fact, I didn't invite reviewers to my show at all. I'm like, don't, don't even come. Yeah. And I spent the first five minutes like abusing comedy reviewers. Yeah, that's, that's right. yeah, I just, and,
1: it was. Yeah. Um, oh, we we did a, a agony live. Um, and we got this kind of we got a good we got a good review, but the headline was. It just had Adam's War colon two and a half stars, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's like fucking hell. They're the worst. I I uh, so my policy now is I don't want them at my shows. Um, and when when even I get a good review, obviously I feel. I feel good about it when when I get somebody says something good about my show, I like it. But I try not to use it, as in I don't publicize it. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't publicize good. I don't publicize bad. It's like no, I don't, I don't, I I won't take the good. I won't take the bad. Yes, yeah. I don't want to deal with any of this. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That makes sense, um, Ronnie. Who is the person who most influenced you, and how?
0: Yeah, I don't know. This one's tough. This one's really tough. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I you know I can list comedic influences. But it's tough, man. Like you Yeah, I I feel like I've lived like three different lives now. Like I'm thirty years old and at different stages you get influenced by different people. Um like you're I've been three different persons, I think. Yep. Um I don't know. I guess I've never thought about this as me my, my answer to this question before. But I don't know, I guess it's my dad. Yep. Uh I think he influenced me the most. Um just in that i think i get my tenacity from him i think i get my my temper from him i think i get my um my constant push to be better from him like never 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 resting on your laurels um yeah. i think i get the kind of logical strategic thinking from him like what's the best move forward what's the best move forward Mm. um
1: what's he
0: do I, I think i get a lot of impatience from him as well oh,
1: yeah.
0: yeah i get my impatience from him so i think now that i think about it like after i read this question in the in the when you sent it to me i was thinking yeah i think actually it might be him i never i never thought about that before what's he do what's your dad do oh he he was a general manager at like factories in uh he's not from china but he went to china to work on the factories, uh, like manage all the factories there, but now he's retired. Okay. Okay. And uh, he's a corporate, he's a corporate guy.
1: Okay. Right. Right. Um, So as you get older, do you see more similarities between the two of you?
0: Yeah, I think so. Mm. I think so. Yeah. I think there's, there's a certain, like, like my, my fiance says, well, very similar. Me, (laughs) me and my mom and me and my dad, when, when she met them, she was like yeah I can see why you get like I can see why you like this cuz I get a lot of stuff from them where it's just like stuff I think is quite natural it, like there's a certain my, my my parents are very abrupt and they they change topic very quickly and they move on from things and they like they're very like goal driven mm. so even something like like a, a meal it was like order have the meal okay let's go <laughs> and we we get out and and for me that's normal and for my fiance is like yeah this is <laughs> I love it I love and, it and after she said it, I was like oh my god yeah yeah you're right i i get a lot of stuff from them how i communicate with people and how i how i um approach tasks yep. very much influenced by them yeah
1: and <laughs> comedically are you no
0: i don't think so i get a lot of material from them but i don't get like I don't know, I don't I we don't joke about the same stuff at all.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: I find them very funny, yeah.
1: Um when was the last time you cried and why?
0: Um I'm trying to think. Um I can't remember. I can't imagine you crying. (laughs) Um Uh I think it'll be something stupid, like I was watching um Return of the King on a plane, Plane yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> I think I was that. watching. I think I was watching Return of the King, the Lord of the Rings on like a flight, and someone told me that on flights you get more emotional when you watch movies. Yeah,
1: why definitely. is that? I don't know. Maybe it's. A, I don't know. Maybe it's the thin oxygen up there. I don't. Is that true? I didn't even know. Um, but I cry. Like I, the intern. I cried. It was you know that stupid Google movie with? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, Vince yeah, Vaughn and. Um, I
0: didn't see it, but you cried at that.
1: I cried during that. I mean, that's the most embarrassing crying story ever. Then that what was on happened? a plane. That was on a plane. So you know, it,
0: maybe a plane thing. Someone told me people get more emotional on plane.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I completely agree. I, I cry. Like I think a movie. I, I judge movies very favorably on planes, right? You know? Maybe
0: we need reviewers to like review stuff on planes. <laughs> we can get like better.
1: The plane reviews. rating is four and a half stars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, on on in in air and on ground reviews. Yeah, that's
1: all- ex- <laughs> exactly, man. Um, Four stars
0: on the plane, uh two stars on the ground. Yeah,
1: um, it's true because you'll you'll see something on the ground again and you go, Oh my what was I thinking? What emotional state led me to believe yeah. this was actually actually good? Um uh, yeah. Ronnie, what the next question is what is your current state of mind?
0: Uh currently it's good. It has been a little down lately. Uh i I felt like a little bit in a creative rut, but yesterday I had some good gigs. So oh, good. I feel like oh, okay. Okay, I think I uh, I I think uh, I can, I think I'm getting better at this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's good. That's good. I mean, it's I. It can be the lowest low when you're in a creative rut. Obviously, yeah. you don't, You'll ne- You think you'll never get out of it.
0: Yeah. 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 The writer's block is tough.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But get on stage and it fixes it. That's yeah. good. Um what do you consider your greatest achievement?
0: Oh. Yeah, I don't know, man. I've had a pretty good run. Mm. So I I mean, I remember doing stand up for the first time. That was really awesome. And then doing stand up professionally was pretty awesome to get people to pay you money to yeah. to do it was awesome. And then to do stand-up and have like people like just like real legends in the industry say that you're doing a good job was awesome yeah and then like you know Bill Burr uh, Dave Chappelle uh, even Will Anderson Dave Hughes wow all these guys like Tom Gleason who are like yeah yeah that's a great job man great set like that that was like whoa shit and um getting on the Daily Show was awesome (coughs) um yeah, I don't know. I can't. I can't pick it. It's, I, I've had a pretty good ride, which also ties into the um, that why, what do you need to do to live a satisfactory life. Like, I think I'm. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm with that. I'm, yeah, I, I'm pretty at peace with that. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, probably my favorite question is, and this can be a comedy battle, or it could be a show business right. battle, or a life battle, or an actual battle. Who would you want on your side in a battle, and why?
0: right I got two people for this Um, so either one I guess one is my uh, my fiance because uh, I think when she's by my side she helps me win battles without having to fight yeah Um, that's pretty good and also uh, she like it helps me I, I know it doesn't even matter what the outcome of the battle will be because yeah, she'll, she'll be around. Yeah. Yeah. That's Uh, good. Yeah. So those, yeah, that, that's great. The other person that I have would be the only other person I could think of was my, is my like Australian management because, um, uh, they were with me from like when I had my first five minutes and they literally helped me get almost, everything i was aiming to do and they always had my back with everything and they had enough clout and knowledge to like just very safe pair of hands and they could always get stuff done and um uh yeah so i've been really happy with them especially my one of my managers who's i i think he's going to uh take a long break for a while from from comedy uh and he was he's just the best. So like he, he could handle everything, any situation he could just handle it. He knew how to sell tickets, he knew how to promote acts and what's uh, his what's his name? It was Craig. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, Craig. But the whole team there, Craig, Elliot, George, those guys, you know. Yeah.
1: And how did your fiancé, uh you, you said a really nice thing that you she, she you should help you win the battle when without even looking like there's a fight or something. Oh yeah, she, yeah. How does she do that?
0: Oh, um she she helps me win battles without having to fight, meaning she'll either calm me down enough where I don't even need to be confrontational so we can just kind of like forget about it or figure out another way to You fight battles to achieve goals, right? Like yep. if you fight battles to just fight battles, you're <laughs> you're kinda of like a psychopath. So, <laughs> So you fight battles to achieve goals and she can always help me find another way to get that goal without having to fight the battle or, or, or I'll fight the battle and then she'll be like, well, you know, you didn't really need to do that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So that's um, great. Or, or she'll make it okay to have lost that battle. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's great. And does she live in New York with you now?
0: No, she doesn't. She lives in Australia.
1: Okay. Um, Now, the final question is, what would you like your last words to be?
0: Um, I would like my, I think my last words would be, um, I try my best. We have ignition sequence start. Short distance, high impact. Five, four, three, two,
1: all engines running. Ten questions with Adam Joir. Big names. Great minds. Make yourself a cup of tea.
0: Lift off. We have lift off.